Hi guys, I'm Barb and welcome to Creators Campfire, a podcast where I interview all sorts of creative people, so entrepreneurs, content creators, side hustlers and aspiring talent, and I find out more about what they do, why they do it and how they do it. Before we get into today's show, I just want to say thanks so much for joining me for this episode. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date with the latest episodes. You can also follow at Just Barbs on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook to hear about guests in advance and stay up to date with guest news. On this week's episode, I caught up with Lauren Valdez, co-founder of Forte Labs. Lauren talks about how she manages her full-time non-profit job with her YouTube channel and coaching for Forte Labs. We talk about how it's not the amount of hours you do, but rather the type of work you do. So even after a long day, Lauren isn't too tired for her creative work because it brings her joy and energy. We also talk about how to know when to take a break, dealing with productivity guilt and the positive impact meditation can have on your productivity. You can follow Lauren on Twitter at the Lauren Valdez or subscribe to her newsletter at laurenvaldez.substack.com. Links to this, Lauren's YouTube channel and everything mentioned in the episode are in the show notes. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Not only is she working in non-profit, but she is also, she co-founded Forte Labs with her husband. And as well as that, she also has a YouTube channel where she's pumping out a lot of content. And finally, she is about to have a baby. So we are going to find out tonight how on earth she manages everything because I struggle sometimes with just my office job. So um, hopefully you can help us, Laura. Great. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to help in those fronts. Um, I think lots of people have many areas of their lives that they want to, um, you know, dive into different things between being creators and having jobs and having families. And I think the way I think about productivity is, is how does productivity help enhance being able to do all the different things that as humans, we're just interested in. That, that's cool. Actually, you, I was, I was going to ask you what, what productivity meant to you, but you already answered it. So I appreciate that. Um, but that's cool. So we are, we're going to nerd out a little on productivity because it's my favorite topic. So I guess it's just like you said, is using productivity to allow you to do all of those different things. So I guess, I mean, pre me starting this, I don't know, like four or five months ago, whatever it was, even just doing a full-time job, I was like, I don't have time to do anything else. <laughs> like I come home, I'm tired, blah, 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 blah. How, how did that kind of work for you? Did is it, is it like a progressive thing? Were you always someone who just liked having a lot of things going on? Um, yeah, like it's funny. People who know me well, like my family, um, we joke that I'm like, I'm so lazy. I'm like the laziest person I know. And in my family, like you could see how hard we veg out, like just on the couch, can sleep, cannot. I could go like days without leaving the house. But growing up, I knew that if I didn't jam pack the amount of things that I had to do, I would not get out of bed. Um, like I would just stay home and do nothing. And so I've always had this habit of doing lots of things at the same time. Like even as a child, I was really into the arts. So I had like, I had like 10 hours of dance class. I had a week on top of like just regular school. Um, and I like volunteered a lot. It's like, I always did a lot of things at the same time. So that's kind of how like my default default mode of operating. But I think even more generally to now and how we look at lives. Like I know people 
are so like tired when you come home from work. And then they're like, how do you do stuff? Like when you're done with your work day. And the thing is that these other things I do, they bring me joy and they bring me energy. And I, I saw this uh, like on Instagram, like an Instagram kind of graphic the other day where it said something about like, when you're feeling tired and drained from your work, like you forget about the work that you need to spark your um, spark your energy, that it's not just like the amount of hours you work, it's the type of work you do. And so a lot of the stuff that I do outside of my day jobs, it's things that give me energy. Um, and so it's like, I could come home and I'm excited to work on something over the weekend or in the evening, because it's something that's like purely for my, my joy. Okay. That's, that's actually quite interesting. So it's, it's, and that makes it more important to do the things you enjoy outside of, of, your day job, I suppose. Not that you should go into your day job hating it and, and therefore your your escape is the weekend thing. But I guess to keep you going, you have that extra thing that, that gets you up instead of sitting in front of the TV for three hours, which is what I find myself doing sometimes. <laughs> well, how has it been for you, like creating this this channel, like in the amount of stuff you're doing outside of your day job? Do you do you find that happening to you? Like you're excited to work on it? Yeah, it's weird. So I, it's like it's I've always wanted to do something else because I like at free time when I'm sitting there watching TV, it, I feel like I'm wasting so much of life. It's just like, this isn't, this isn't good. Um, and I have tried other things, but I haven't really enjoyed them. So it seemed like a pain. Um, but yes, yeah, since I've done this, it doesn't seem, it's not work. It's just, oh, I get to talk to really cool people. And in organizing it, I'm an organizer. So that's like my favorite thing to sit here and, and like, you know, use Notion or something and create something. I can track it. So yeah, absolutely. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like work at all. Um, yeah, those are, those are my two, my two productivity principles I live by is what is simple is sustainable and what is pleasurable is motivating. And so across all my different systems, things have to be simple and they have to be pleasurable. And as soon as things start feeling heavy and like hard work, then I have to change directions. Um, and then, and something else I wanted to just mention is just like with the nine to five, it's not that like, I get plenty of joy out of my nine to five, but it's a very different type of work. Like I have my master's in city planning and public health. I'm super passionate about policy issues that impact the health outcomes of low income communities. Like growing up in a neighborhood where I had terrible asthma next to the port of LA and multiple oil refineries. And I'm super passionate about that type of work, but it's really, really hard. And it gets you down energetically with just like the politics of the kind of work I do. And it's really important and I love doing it. Um, but I need some stuff that's like just light and fun where I can just like make things and I'm not worried about like the, the policy implications of something I'm, I'm working on or how it's going to be received by, um, you know, decision makers. I could just play and it's harder in my day job to play even though a lot of what I've learned in content creation and having my own business, I bring into the nonprofit world um, as like techniques for marketing and creating content and having a bigger impact with the work we do. So I, I actually really like doing both at the same time because each one gives me something that the other one doesn't. Um, for example, last year I was so burnt out from work. Um, my husband and I moved to Mexico and I stopped my nonprofit work and I um, just created content all year. And that was really fun. But I felt like none of that mattered. Like it didn't matter to the world. I was like, you know, I'm making YouTube videos and writing blogs and it's fun for me, but I didn't feel like I was having an impact. And I and then I went back to a, a nine to five because I needed to feel like I was a part of something. Um, so each 
each side gives me something different. Um, so I like being able to move in between all of these spaces. That's actually super interesting um, because, oh, okay, that's really cool. So it's almost like that. That's give, oh, I'm getting a weird echo. Is, is that on your side? Or is it just me? No. Okay, I'm going to ignore it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I kind of forgot what I was going to say. Um, where was I going with that? Oh yeah, so it's it's actually almost, it's finding something that gives you that energy to keep you going in, in both respects. It's not, and that's where it's not, oh, how do you do everything because you're just piling stuff on. It's actually, I'm keeping my energy levels up and my, my passion levels up because I'm, I'm, I'm just making myself better at my day job and better outside of it. And they all feed into each other. And therefore it's just, it's just natural. It's not work, right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And my, my coworkers, because they know I do a lot of this extra stuff. Um, and they used to ask, like, at my last show, they're like, how do you do all these different things? I'm like, oh, I'm teaching my, my online class I teach in the summers. Like, how are you always doing all this stuff? And I, and, um, and I was like, well, I don't have children. So, like, I come home and I do stuff. Um, and all my coworkers, most of them um, in my last team, they all had children. And so I was like, I just come home and I do stuff. Um, and we traveled a lot for that job. And, you know, those with kids, they never wanted to try. Like they flew in the day they needed to be there and flew in as soon as things uh, flew out, as soon as things were over. And I would go in a couple days early and like hang out in the city and meet up with friends. And um, like that was very different framework not having kids and now I'm about to have a kid so I'm like who knows this can this is probably like a certain period of my life and then once I go into motherhood it will probably look very different with what yeah. I choose to work on and prioritize outside of all my different projects yeah baby's got different plans I assume yeah. <laughs> um, do you so obviously the energy kind of feeds off but do you find that you still have to build in kind of breaks or um kind of low level weeks of oh I just you know I just need a few days off oh totally okay. um earlier you said like you know feeling bad watching tv for three hours I never feel bad when I do that I do it a lot and it's it's not every day but it's like I know when I need to just turn my brain off and talk to nobody and I go into those spaces and um, those spaces I know are equally as important as getting things done. And um, I build that into my schedule too. And I honor that when it needs to happen where I'm like, you're just gonna veg and watch TV and read books and do nothing. And I feel really good when I do that. And it's, it's generally a choice and I know it's temporary. I'm like, I need to do this so that I can have that creative energy again. Okay, no, that, that's cool. That makes sense. So it's allowed, <laughs> but um, do you, do, is, it, is it a feeling you kind of know when it is or do you say, okay, well, every quarter I'm going to have, you know, uh, three, four days? I, I know that's very structured, but. Well, this is funny because this is something about like my approach to productivity. Um, and I think like, my, you know, my husband and I have this productivity company and um, his methods are very, very structured and um you know, like self, like quantified self tracking and like, you know, the, the, the nerdy of the nerd stuff. And when we started dating, I was not at all, like, I didn't even have any sort of digital system, no calendars. Like I wrote stuff on my hands and he like, it was the person who helped me like develop um, a productivity system. And then I helped him tune in more to like his energy and how he feels and his intuition. So we've balanced each other out really well over the years. And this is something that I find like 
coaching people on productivity and also in our online courses is like people come in and they they want like an algorithm that's just going to output how they should do things like this much time and do do it exactly a certain way and so much of being productive is actually your intuition which is like what feels right and it's a balance um, because if you're working against your energy it's a lot harder than working with your energy and so I let myself tap into it, but a lot of people can't even feel their energy or their intuition if, if you don't practice it because it really is like a practice. So like people who meditate and, um, you know, have different practices for tuning into what they're feeling is something that's now becoming more like more of like an approach and productivity is like also meditating and doing <laughs> journal writing. And that's kind of coming in. Um, but that's always been something that's really important to me is like tuning into like, what is my body telling me? What does my body need and honoring that? And there's times where you have to fight against that because you have like a real critical deadline. Um, but for the most part, I try to just listen to what my body's saying. And to me, everything happens in, in cycles and flows. And, um, you know, my family's, um, my family's Mexican and also like native American. And so like the energy and feeling into your your intuition and all that stuff is very much like a, something we've always done and talked about. Um, and I do a, a moon cycle practice that um, I actually I, like I learned it from a cousin and um, and it, it's about tapping into the moon energy. And if you in this practice, if you look at the new moon, it's like a time for renewal and like you shed everything that's before in the old moon is like old energy and you have to shed it and let it go. And then in the new moon, you create a set of intentions. And this is actually when I do my goal setting is on the new moon. And then your energy rises with the full moon. Um, and, and that's like your time for, and I find this is true for me. It's like my most creative energetic time is between the new moon to the full moon. And then after the full moon, the energy starts going down and I start feeling tired and overworked. And like, that's the time I actually slow down is like, and I, and it's easier for me to do that being like, it's okay. It's the moon's energy slow down. And so like the, the week before the moon cycle ends, I'm normally like so down. I just have to like lay on the couch, veg out. I cry a lot during that week. And it really feels like I have to shed and purge like everything. And then I get a fresh start on, on the next new moon. And I love this as a ritual. I've been doing it for a couple of years and it just, everything flows so well in my life with this. Um, so that's kind of how I tap into that energy. So it's not a quite a timeline of like, I'm scheduling it in at this time. Um, but it does follow that kind of, that kind of wave. Yeah, that's actually, that's very, very interesting. I'm going to just say that because I actually, which reminds me, I think I read one of your articles about um, that whole journaling, meditating thing coming into productivity uh, more and more. And you can see it now that everybody is doing that. Um, but that's super interesting because somebody at work once said to me, well, actually, they said it several times that when I'd be sitting in the office complaining and be like, oh, I just can't be bothered today. They were like, oh, well, something about, and I wasn't listening clearly, but something about the moon. And I'm like, no what <laughs> I'm just tired um, but now you've made me think that they had a point and when I tell them this they're going to be very happy but, but um I think I need to try this because I'm very very bad I'm probably like your husband in this respect he's like just tell me when I need a break okay I don't know I can't tell but I'm, I'm gonna need it because sometimes I'm like oh I'll take a break and I don't actually need it so I know I'm like that and it's for me it's working out when is when is it just me being lazy and when is it that actually I need to take 
some time out. So that's intriguing. I'm definitely going to look into that one. Well, I think everything is related to like your intentions and your goals and what you want in life. And so it's like, why work out? Like what is what makes that important to you and then figuring out like the schedule and how you work out is easier if you know what you're trying to get out of that that time um like i've had plenty of times in my life where like when i was working my hardest um a little more than this is like 2018 um then this is when i got super burnt out i probably worked out like once every like three months um and then when i moved to mexico and that was like my year of like i just need a break i was so burnt out um, I went to dance class every day and it was like a bit and, and like I had a routine that was like so um, consistent and solid. And I really wanted to just like tune into my body. My health It was like the healthiest I have, I'd ever been. Um, and uh, working out every day was not my goal when I was working really hard. Um, I, I would say I wanted to work out, but it was never actually a priority. But I also wasn't like struggling with my health. And by the time I um, I moved to Mexico, I felt very out of touch with my body. Like I had pushed it so hard that that made me really motivated to tap into just being healthy. Um, and that actually played a big role in being able to just like tap into my energy and my intuition was like, I had to get back in touch with my body. And then this year being pregnant, I've had uh, like, my health has been like my, one of my top priorities. It's like I shift everything around like the health that I need to have to, to deliver a baby. Yeah. Uh, so like that's been a very different set of goals where I, I can, um, I can map in what's going to work for me. And, and the thing I wanted to touch on of something you said earlier is like, you know, how to get it in. Um, I, there's times when you need more structure and you need more play. And so sometimes it's just like, like, you know, the productivity way of doing something is like setting a boundary, like being like this time every day, this place, I'm going to show up no matter what. Um, and sometimes you need something more playful. Like if it's feeling too hard and heavy, like, oh, maybe I just need like a dance class that I could go to. That's fun. Um, so it really depends on, on like what you need that's going to get you to that outcome that you want to have. Yeah. Okay. I have a routines question, but first, before I forget, how do you tap into that energy for someone who is very out of tune and, and maybe this is my background the indians don't really do feelings so, so um, how do you then like try and understand is is it through something like meditating uh, and you know five minutes a day or something and uh, learning that practice but what i wouldn't even know what to do I, it's it's interesting because it's actually something you can totally be trained to do and it's something that's intuitive, but we get disconnected from it. And um, I'd say like naturally, I'm very intuitive and very in my body. And over time, I kind of lost that, especially once um, I started, you know, working a ton and like being very like, I need to be focused and disciplined and, and action oriented and get things done and accomplish things in that phase of my life, um, you know, like going to grad school and then working in an environment with like the the people I worked with and um, the job I had after grad school is like people who had developed the programs I studied in grad school. Like they were, they were like amazing, incredible people. And I felt like I had to like push myself really hard to excel in that environment. Um, and then I totally lost touch with my kind of body balance things. And um, what really helped is a, a friend taught an online class. It's called Own Your Magic. And it's all about tapping into your intuition. And so she 
had all these exercises for us that were really awesome, like, you know, meditative type of exercises and assignments like um, week uh, or month one, the assignment was tuning into our desires. So just like noticing when we want something and just letting ourselves have it versus like the default, just being like deny a desire, but just like listening to like, what is your body telling you? And it was funny because at first it's like, you can't even hear it. You had to like have a practice of like, wait, stop. What is my body telling me? Write it down. Okay. What am I recognizing from this? Um, and so there's like ways of doing it. And this friend had all these techniques in this, this online class. Um, but I've done lots of different types of things like um, uh, all silent Vipassana meditations retreats, um, which those are about the 10 days of silence. And by, by day, like seven, I felt like I was on shrooms. It was like, I could feel the blood cells running through my body. I could feel every single thing like in my body that you normally can feel those things in your body, but you, it, there's so much noise that you, you ignore all that stuff. Um, but when you slow down, you actually can hear it. You can hear those, those messages. Oh, that's crazy. Okay. That's, that's very cool. I, if I gave in to those things, I'd probably eat pizza and ice cream all day. Um, so that, but that's, Okay, I, I also need to look into this because I think there's something there. Okay, there's a, there's a definition of this that I got from um, Joe Hudson, who's this really amazing um, mentor and coach in Silicon Valley. And he did a class on our um, Forte Labs platform called Art of Accomplishment. And in um, the class, he had this podcast episode where he talked similarly about tuning into your wants. And he said um, the way he defined it was like, it was something like, when you are empowered in your decision versus like reactionary, that's the way he kind of differentiated between wants. It's like you, you have to, like, it should be an empowering decision to say yes. And sometimes when it comes to like pizza and junk food, it's like a default reaction to something versus an empowered, like, I, I really want this pizza. Um, like I, I don't eat gluten for the most part, like 90% of what I eat is gluten free, but if I'm going to eat gluten, I want a pizza. Like <laughs> I want it to be like amazing. And I allow myself gluten probably like once a week. And it, so often it's a pizza and I feel so happy to eat a pizza. I'm just like, yes, this is my gluten. And I'm going to have some pizza and it feels amazing. I never feel guilty about it. I need to get on this not feeling guilty train because that stops me. Well, it doesn't stop me sometimes. It just makes me feel guilty. But that can't be good for anyone. <laughs> um, going back to routines, and I guess that kind of touches habits very closely. What are your thoughts on this? And Because, again, in the productivity world, everybody loves the routine, and habits are absolutely key. Um, thoughts? Are you on that same kind of vibe? Yeah, I... I'm very, very adaptive. I love routines. Routines are definitely really helpful. Like um, my husband and I spent the first six weeks of the year um, in the Philippines with his his family. Um, and we, we and then we also went to Singapore and Malaysia during that time. And we were staying in different places and him and I, like, you know, like every week we're like changing places and houses and things. And um, we were both trying to work and it was so hard having like no routine, like just where we stayed, if the internet was bad, like, and then you, like my family's Mexican. So this is how Latinos are and Filipinos are the same. It's like, 
you, I would try to schedule a call. And then, um, like I'd hear from, you know, my, my father-in-law, like, Oh, there have the family's having a dinner in your honor. Like right now we have to go like do this thing. And you're like, what can you, could you have told me like <laughs> yesterday, but that's how it was like every day you had to just have nothing on your calendar for the things that would arise. And it was so hard. And I had to just like abandon all of that and look for what are the microwaves I could, um, I could develop some sort of routines um, and that the routine had to be adapted like on a day by day basis. Um, but generally I do like following some sort of routine, but also life is so challenging um, even when you're not, you know, traveling that I think we have to tap into being more adaptive and flexible on the fly. And what are the ways of, of doing that? And so I like to think of it more as like, less routine, which feels like it has to like structure, be super structured to more of like, what's a ritual? Like, how do I turn something into a ritual and um, create a space that's going to allow me to tap into what I need to accomplish what I need to do, rather than just do something because I say it's supposed to be done? Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I was just going to say, because I, I, I do love a routine, but I struggle at the weekend. So and actually, maybe this is a good question for you. So how did you feel in the year that you took off and did content creation versus when you have your structured nine to five and you're doing your kind of side things in the evenings and weekends? So almost you have a structure automatically versus you have a free year. How did you kind of go about that? Yeah, I had to I had to create a lot of structure because I could easily end up doing nothing. So when I started, like we moved to Mexico City and um, I could easily not leave my house until like noon, like not get started with anything till like afternoon. Like I'd sleep into like 10 or 11 and then like it, it was I was like my day would just disappear. And I was like, I didn't do anything I wanted <laughs> to do today without the accountability mechanisms of like you have a meeting, you have a call, you have something due, you have a deadline. And so I knew I needed structure to help organize that. And um, I found this dance class that started at 730 a.m. Monday through Friday. And I started going to it because it was like it was the thing that got me out of bed. Uh, so I'd get out of bed, I'd roll out, throw like throw on my clothes, go to dance class. And by the time I got home from dance class, it would be like uh, 9.30 and then I'd shower and I and then I'd have a whole like meditative um, journaling exercise to kind of map out my day. Um, and then I'd start working about 10 a.m. And it felt awesome. Like by 10 a.m. I had already like done a bunch of stuff that made me feel really good. Um, and, and when I would try to go to dance class at night, I'd end up never going. I'd be like, I'm going to, I'm going to go that I'm going to go to that 7 30 PM class. I would never get to it because something would happen where I wouldn't feel like it. So I loved the default, like starting my routine with getting out of bed for dance. And then by 10, I was ready to like sit and create. Um, and then I started, um, setting my own deliverables and I like to play games, like something to me, if it's like gamified, um, like with my YouTube channel, when I started that, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make one video every week um, for three months. And so I was like, I'm going to make my goal is to make 12 videos in three months. And that felt like such a scary goal. Cause at first I was like, I'll make like one video, like every two weeks. And I was like, that's only like six videos over a three month period. And I told myself, I was going to give myself three months to just really put in time and energy into YouTube. And after three months, I would decide to quit it or to keep going. 
Um, and so I'm glad I like I gave it like a big push and I just like made a game like, okay, like get it out there. And some of them were really terrible. Some of them took off. And um, but it was like creating that structure is like what helped me get through all of those things. Okay, so I'm I'm terrible at the weekends, kind of similar, I guess, to when you don't have that routine in that that year. And I have tried like to me what seems like everything but is obviously not everything um but like I'll try and get out and do something in the morning but then I come back and I'm like well I feel already I've already achieved something today so I'm gonna do nothing for the rest of the day and I I, I, I can't think of what's gonna make me more productive on a weekend and it really really bugs me because Monday to Friday after work I'm like got you know three four hours I'm just gonna go and do some stuff so if you've got any tips for me on the weekend what is it that you want to be doing on the weekend that you're not what's feeling like you need to be more productive i feel like i need to up my website game (laughs) just a little they're just small projects that i just if i even spent you know two three hours i'd probably make a lot of progress and then i temporarily stop my studying that i'm doing with work because I was like, oh, there's too much going on. But again, if I did, you know, two, three hours at the weekend, all of a sudden I'm I'm back. And two, three hours on a Saturday and the same on a Sunday isn't really that much considering I do a nine to five Monday to Friday, but I just can't be bothered and it's really bad. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> well, consider that that's what you actually need. Like, you know, like that's your, your desire. Your desire is to is to just fully unplug. And that's what weekends are for. And it's interesting because my, like Tiago and I found this, that's my husband when like working in Mexico on our own, where we just have total free reign of um, doing whatever we want. Like my routine, I would produce so much Monday through Thursday. And then by Friday, I was just like burnt out and I would just kind of veg and watch TV and go on walks. And then Saturdays we would, um, Saturday would be like our no like no agenda, no plans, no computer kind of day. And we, we just do whatever we feel like. Um, and then by Sunday, we have energy and ideas. And Sundays is like our creation day where we sit and we generally write a lot on Sundays. Or it's like, it's fun projects that have nothing to do with anything. Like, oh, I'm just gonna, today I feel like writing or today I feel like making a YouTube. It's, it's just whatever we feel like. Um, but it's interesting because what I've learned tuning into my body when I have no structure is that you still need like a solid two days. Like that's why we have the weekend, like two days in a row of kind of doing nothing um, really kind of resets you to be like energetic for, for Monday. That's a very valid point. Because at the moment I'm feeling guilty, like it gets to Sunday evening and I'm feeling guilty that I've done nothing. And therefore I feel like that's weighing me down. And that feeds into next week where if it was guilt free, maybe I would be refreshed because I'm not going, oh, I've done nothing. In the productivity coaching I do, so much of the coaching is just giving permission to people to not do stuff. And we live in this world where we feel like doing more, better, faster is like the default of how we should do things. And that's not how humans evolved. Like we didn't evolve to be like these super productive machines. Uh, and so it's, it's like when we're working against that and then we make ourselves feel guilty, it just makes life not enjoyable. Yeah, that's definitely me right now. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna try it. 
this is going to be very interesting. Okay, I'll let you know how it goes next weekend. <laughs> oh no, this weekend, it's Friday. <laughs> this the weekend. other thing too, and this is something I, I do a lot with folks in coaching and for myself is like the things that you say you want to do related to like your website and blah, 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 just like sit and journal write a little bit around why is it not happening? Like just <laughs> what's there that is the barrier. And generally the, there's a barrier that it has, has more to do with something touchy feely than like you, you have the right tool or system or whatever. Um, I have a ton of those projects and they don't get moved forward. And then I sit and I analyze it and I'm like, I just really don't care about this. Like maybe I just don't care enough and there's no pressure. So I'm just going to tell myself no. And it, it feels scary to take something off my plate that I'm like, but I should do it because it's, it's what I'm supposed to do. And like, I've been, I've been having a project forever of like redoing my YouTube thumbnails and the little banner. And I went on Upwork and posted an Upwork thing to like hire someone to do it for me, um, like a designer. And then I'm just like, I really don't care about this. Like, I don't, it's not that important. I'm just telling myself it's important. And I was like, I'll get to this when the time's right. But right now there's other more interesting, more important things. So let me just say no to this and not worry about it anymore. Gosh, you're so wise. This has been great. <laughs> okay. I, I I definitely need to listen to these things because I think you've just nailed exactly what's going through my head. I probably don't care. I've just told myself that it's something I need to do. I, and I think that's what's really hard, um, especially like our uh, the productivity courses we teach at Forte Labs, the people, the caliber of people coming into these courses are just they're super, super high level, high achievers, like VPs, lots of founders. I once did a training with the former uh, United States um, Secretary of the Treasury, like was in the training. Like these are like very high up people and they're, they're, they are where they're at in life because they're really good at achieving. Like they're really good at taking action and getting something done. Um, but they struggle with questioning why it should be done in the first place. And so they're, they're, they work, they, they're able to operate and execute at a level that's really high. And at the same time, there's a cost to that. And so that strength then becomes um, a constraint. It becomes their weakness because they can't not do that. Like they can't not do the thing they're supposed to do. And uh, like working with lots of teams of overachievers um, in my day jobs, uh, a lot of times I'm the person who's like, um, but what if we didn't do this project? Like, what if we just didn't put on this event or didn't write this report? Like, let's make sure our intentions are going to get us where we want to go. And that's real. like it, most people don't do that. It's like someone has an idea, like, let's write a report on X, Y and Z. And everyone's like, yeah. And then I'm like, who has the capacity to do any of that stuff right now? And that's going to take away from these other priorities we have. So let's really make sure it's aligned before we say yes to something yeah okay that's oh man i'm gonna have to watch this like on repeat um okay, okay. <laughs> um you've mentioned a good thing the the course the second brain course so with the course we were talking earlier and and the whole how it feeds to to content creation um that we were saying so i guess I'm going to come at it probably wrong. but So the whole point, I guess, of, of the second brain is to have something that holds all your information, right? So all the stuff that you don't need to carry around in your brain, you kind of free up and you, and you park. And within that 
um, you kind of, for me at least, in, in the ideas of my head, it's like, oh, this is my, my personal knowledge management, right? So it's, it's, it's me parking things and I can't remember who said this, um, but just to actually, I think it was Tiago and Ali Abdel were having a conversation about um, the, the slow burn, right? So having, I've kind of totally gone on track of this conversation, but um, having this, um, these ideas, but having them in the background and building on them slowly. And I guess that's where the second brain comes in. And in my eyes, that's, this is probably not the link you were talking about, but I'm gonna go with it anyways. Um, so you kind of have like a bunch of ideas flying around. And to me, if I was going to create, and I never get around to it, but like a YouTube video, I'd be like, oh, there's so much to do in this YouTube video. I've got to think about it. I've got to script it. I've got to film it. I've got to edit it. Um, and that to me is like a huge project. It's like, oh, that's two days. And, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, no, I can't do it. And I, I never have that free time. And they were talking about this idea of the slow burn where you kind of use your second brain to, to hold those ideas and then dip into them every so often. Is that kind of something similar that you would do? And it's probably totally not what you were talking about earlier, but what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, yeah, I'll kind of break that down a little bit with like how we structure the course and what we teach is we have this system, It's we call it code, where C stands for capture, O stands for organize, D stands for distill, and E stands for express. So express is the final product of whatever you're trying to do. So if it's a YouTube video or if it's like a memo or a report you're writing for work or an event, it's like the actual tangible artifact, like the, the end product. And um, the most people are either focused on the thing they're trying to execute, like I need to make a YouTube video, and they're not thinking about how information is packaged up front to make it easy to execute. And so what we teach in the course is how do you actually capture and organize and distill all the flying pieces of information so that they are structured in a way. So when you sit down and you're like, today's my day, I'm gonna make a YouTube video, you can just pull up files that have already been slow burning and simmering and um, being compiled in a way so that now it's just time to like get it out the door. Um, and so what we teach in the course is how to do that upfront work so that it's ready to go when you when you are ready to actually produce. And um, you can think about it like we use this analogy of um, mise en place, which is like a cooking technique where you you prep all the ingredients beforehand, like you chop everything, everything's organized. And that all happens before you even start to cook, before you turn on any heat. All the materials are perfectly organized, and this is how professional chefs do it, right? Like they turn on the they turn on the uh, the flame, and then they just dump, 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 yeah. mix, mix, dump, dump. You know, and it's like ready to go. That's not how I cook. Like I'm like chopping as something's like burning and like throwing it in, which is why I'm not organized with cooking. But like imagine that for your information, like everything you needed to write that script and to prep that video already being preset up, so that when it comes to making it, it's easy it's like easy to just get it out the door. And so we show people techniques for doing that. And that's what we call like being on the slow burn is like you take a big, heavy project like that and you break it down into what we call intermediate packets. And each, each intermediate packet, if you're able to define it up front and break it down into the, the time you actually have, then you can move things forward in tiny chunks of like when you have 30 minutes between meetings or when you have two hours um, like making sure like, okay, that's the day I'm going to do this. Like 
you know, before you write a script, which seems really hard, like, okay, I have 30 minutes, I'm just going to bullet point an outline for this YouTube video. And I'm going to do that before my next meeting, and just get it out there. But having it organized in a way so that it's clear what the next step is, um, to keep moving it forward, even if you don't have, you know, two full days to move it forward, you could be moving it forward in tiny little pieces. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I think I, I fall down if I was to do it, follow that process, I'd fall down at the capture stage. Um, so, um, yeah, it's all out the window. But I, I'm, I'm attempting to build this in Notion right now. I want something where I can dump my notes just as they come to me. But I think that's big for me. And I, that's, that must be a big stage in the process, though, right? Because that's that's all your input. So that's not, uh, I'm not being really stupid at that. So that's a big stage, right? It, it's so hard because we have information coming from 10 zillion sources at us so fast. Like you have your you have your email inbox with lots of things coming in. You're scrolling on, you know, Instagram and Twitter and think like articles and cool things pop up. And then you have things you read and you have your Kindle and you have like, there's so many different things where there are inputs of information. Um, and we show people techniques for capturing those all in one place and being able to organize them so that they make any sense to you. So you find them again. So there, yeah. there's, there's one thing of like, you, you see lots of good information that sparks ideas and then you can't find it again on the internet or you're like, I know I saved it and you have no idea where you saved it. You're going through your bookmarks on like so many different platforms. You're like, or maybe I heard it on this podcast. And then you start like Googling the podcast. It's like, you know, it's like we lose track of where it came from. And so we show people a system for how to like just click a button and make all of that, your information go to one place. And then how do you organize that information so you could find it again in the future? Uh, so that's kind of the, the, those are some of the biggest, takeaways people have from the course is like on the surface level, the course is about note-taking and how to organize your notes. Um, but the, the big takeaway is that once you're able to do that, then you can produce so much more and at a higher, faster level because the organized part is, is really well done upfront. Yes. Okay. This is, this is a hundred percent where I want to be. And I'm halfway through, um, how to take smart notes at the moment and, uh, and the whole Zettelkast and thing is in my mind and I'm like I need this but sometimes I'll be watching something and I'll have to be like oh, I need to go and get my book or something to make notes because the second I pick my phone up all of a sudden I'm in Instagram or something and it's like god oh, damn it I've got distracted or I do the exact opposite and I'm like I can't watch that YouTube video just now because I'm not in the right frame of mind to take notes it's like come on <laughs> so yeah I, that's that's what I'm battling with at the moment What's well, interesting because in our course, um, kind of what you're talking about, like um, not feeling guilty, we have to do a lot of that in the course. Like the course started out with being about like, here's how to take notes. And people walk away from their course and they're like, they're like, I had all these breakthroughs and they're crying and they're like, this changed my life. And we laugh because we're like, we're doing that subtly in the background because to have an effective system, there's all of these mindset shifts that people have to go through in the course. Um, which is not on the front end of the course. It's on the back end of like to, to be effective in your system. You have to remove like the guilt and the shame of perfectionism. And like we have all these hyper perfectionism perfectionists and we have to move them from like it's okay to miss information. Like we call it foamy fear of missing information. Like you have to just accept that you're not going to have 100% everything captured perfectly and every note perfectly like that's okay um and then we have to move people through the space of like your system is not going to be perfect your system is something you are 
growing and changing and adapting. You don't just like build it and it's done. It's like, it's forever. It's like a constantly evolving organism. It's alive, like your brain, um, making new connections. And then, um, and then a, a big piece of it is people having to trust, just like trust their system, trust that they know enough, trust that they don't need to know more to put something out. And that's, that's really hard for people. It's like, we don't trust ourselves. So we're like, I need more information. And we just have to like, kind of subtly, like remove all that heaviness that people have. And I think it's kind of how like, normal school has trained us to to be these like people who have to be perfect with like standardized tests and all these things and that's actually not how things work in the real world yeah i am i'm definitely a foamy person <laughs> i'm also an all or nothing person which is really irritating because i'll either not do anything or like go and make three pages of notes which is probably equally as useless because i haven't picked out the good things so yeah okay um <laughs> oh man perfectionism it's a sucker. Um, do, do you have any specific productivity, like not hacks, but like systems or time management systems or things that you rely on or would absolutely, you know, advocate? Or are you kind of, kind of just like, um, I'm a bit more go with the flow kind of person? Um, I, I just... I try out lots of things. So I try many things and then I, I do something until it stops working for me and I adapt. So I'm not like a, I don't have like an end all be all system, but I, I'm very big believer in like the kind of big picture of GTD, um, with, uh, my task management system. I use Todoist, but at the same time, I'm very much a hand and paper person. Um, and so I have a, a physical notebook where I, I do a lot of my like just what needs to get done right now. Like Todoist has so much information in it and I will open it and look at it and it's where everything gets captured. But I don't like to organize in Todoist because there's so much in there. So like the most critical things, um, I just have to put on a piece of paper and have it in front of me. Um, and so like I mix all these things and then um, our building a second brain method we teach um, we, you could use any software for, uh, for it, but the, at the base level, um, we have people start with Evernote because Evernote is just so easy. Um, and to me, I'm all about easy systems. Like I never want to like try Rome. I'm like, that already looks so hard and it would take you so long to learn it that like, it's not even like, it's not aligned with any of my goals to like get on the Rome train. I was like, I like things simple and fast. And that, and, and like, there's other people who like, they need lots of hierarchy. They need lots of um, structure. And so like something like Rome really works for them. And so it's funny because in the productivity space, like what, what I teach and what I coach is like, we have to know how you work. Like, how do you work? What motivates you? What makes things simple and easy for you? And then find the system that works for you based on that. Um, and that's why like, it's, it coming into the course, we have all these people who want to just copy Tiago's system. And we're like, no, no, we have to design your own system and based on you and how you work. Cause I, I tried at first copying David Allen's exact GTD system and Tiago's exact BSAB system. And it didn't work for me because that's, it's too much structure. And then I, I fail and the system breaks. And then I'm like, oh, like I lost everything. And then I feel guilty. And I had to just learn, like, I actually work very, very differently. Like I work a lot more on my intuition. 
Um, my first brain is actually incredible. Like I remember things I, I could hold so much in my first brain that I don't need to write as much down as like, but Tiago can't remember anything without <laughs> writing it down. So it's like, he needs that much structure because he'll forget what happened like yesterday. Uh, and so like, to me, it's less of like, here's the perfect system and more like, here's um, like, like, let's help you find how you work how much structure you need. And then the tools, there's 10,000 of them, like find the tool and system that helps you like align with, with how you do things. Yeah. I think that's a really good point actually, because uh, with a lot of productivity stuff, people will just copy other people that watch a YouTube video or something and be like, Oh, I'll adapt that. I'll just adopt that system. But it's actually like, but you need to adapt it to you and make sure it works for you. And I'm like you, I will try literally everything that comes out probably. I'm like, oh, new system to play with. Um, and it's like, oh, this doesn't work. <laughs> this isn't me. Um, and I, I, I'm a paper person too. Yeah. And um, I also think there's times you need more system or sh structure in your life until you get past something. Like um, a lot of people are into like the quantified self habit tracking kind of things. Um, to me, I've done those things, but only like really temporarily to start a habit or just to analyze something about myself. And so when I do those kind of like, oh, I'm going to track all my time, it's I'm doing it for a couple months to like come to a conclusion about like, oh, this is actually what's happening with my time. Um, or like uh, if I have a new habit that I'm trying to instill, I'll start tracking like meditating or, you know, exercise or whatever. But then once I'm up and running, I don't need to sit and put it in my little tracker and see how many times I worked out like all year, how many times I meditated all year. Like to me, that's not important. Like what's important is like the knowledge of um, what is stopping me from doing the habit or like or the getting the habit in place. And then I don't need the system anymore. I could just do it without it. But for so for me, it's not worth the time it takes to go in and track all that stuff. It's worth it for a couple of weeks. And then I move on. I drop the habit tracking systems or whatever. And then I, but then I also see people who track everything in detail over like a year, but that is pleasurable to them. It motivates them. They're like, yes, I could see holistically. And so for those people who like seeing that kind of big picture over a long period of time, it's motivating, like do it. But for me, I'm like, yeah, it becomes, it's too much work. So I only do it a couple of weeks and then I stop once I get what I needed to get out of that system. And then I move on. Um, and so I think everyone works really differently. And um, with our productivity systems, we need a lot more play, like play with something, try it out, doesn't work, drop it, or like adapt it to how you do things. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that I'm not a habit tracking person, which is funny, because I do, I do overanalyze everything, but I've kind of realized there's, there's no point in it, right? It's like, I don't need to take a box at the end of the day to say, oh, I read five pages today. I either read it or I didn't read it. And if it matters that much to me, I will probably go out of my way and, and do it anyways. Um, so yeah, no, that that's good. I'm glad I'm not the only one on that train. Um, books. Where do you stand on, not where do you stand on, what are some of your favorite kind of productivity books or things that even link like mindset things? Are there any like standout books that you'd maybe recommend to people? Uh, there's so many. Um, it's funny because I actually think a lot of these books are really bad as books. Um, <laughs> just because they're like a lot of them are, are so long that you could get 
the main point listening to like a podcast or like a TED talk of the book version of some of these things. But there's a lot of ideas that I've gotten from from books that I really, really enjoy. Um, like, uh, I think the book is called Essentialism. Yes, Greg McKeown. Yeah, Greg and McKeown. I um, I heard him on, I think, the Tim Ferriss podcast, and I love the podcast episode, and so I, I bought the book, and then I was like, I got everything I needed out of the podcast, and I stopped <laughs> reading the book after like like four or five chapters, because I'm like, okay, I get the idea, yeah. but it was, it was an amazing, it's just an amazing framework of, um, of just kind of what we've been talking about, like the, the saying no and doing less and like, are things actually aligned with what you want in life? And, um, this idea of like, what is actually essential, what is truly necessary and actually questioning that I think is a really important premise for, for people. Um, and I, I've seen this idea come up in a lot of the things that I've done, um, like Joe Hudson's work that he does. Um, it's a lot about just alignment. And similarly, my, my friend's course on um, Own Your Magic, um, it was all about alignment. Like, is the thing you're doing aligned with what you want, aligned with like your lifestyle and like finding that alignment and attunement then helps make a decision of like, yes, I should do this or no, I should not do this. Um, which brings, which reminds me of um, Derek uh, Silver's work where he has this, he says like, hell yes or no, like something should be a hell yes or no. And I love, I love his writing and um, uh, his, I haven't read any of his books, but just from his blog and um, hearing him on podcasts, like um, those kinds of ideas and, and mindsets, I think are really powerful in productivity. Like to me, the number one thing you can do to be more productive is say no to things. It's yeah. like, it's that easy. Like take on less things and then you are far more productive. It, it's so easy to say though. It's so difficult to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but you're right. It comes back to that alignment, right? Because if you, if you have that or you know kind of what your values are or those things, it's like those decisions automatically make themselves um, and that's probably where I struggle in that I haven't given enough thought to those things and therefore can't make any decisions. Um, but yeah, that's a good point. Um, I have one last question and I realize we are kind of running out of time. Um, but how do you actually take notes? So if you are listening to a, and does it vary across what platform you're kind of um, taking the information in on? Yeah. And this is something we talk about in, in our building a second brain course, which is when you know what the thing is going to be used for, it's very different than like, if you don't know what something's going to be used for. So, um, I do a lot of, um, writing in my day job around public health. And, um, there's, so, there's so much we're doing now with COVID. I work with local governments, um, in Southern California, the local health departments. And so for a lot of stuff right now, I'm getting all these sources about what's happening around COVID and I'm taking detailed notes about them because I have to synthesize it and turn it into a resource for, um, the local health department. So those are like very fine-tuned details. Same thing if you were like writing a paper for grad school, right? It's like you you would take lots of detailed notes. And um, we have to 
help people in the course think through like there's a little bit of um, prefrontal work you have to do around like how important this is. You either you might know that or you might not know it at all. So if I'm just reading casually, I'm not taking detailed notes because I don't know if something has a purpose and I'm not going to invest that much time and energy on on taking notes on something. Um, but something I like I listen to so many podcasts and then I forget what podcasts I heard something on that I thought was really interesting. And so the way I've started doing notes on podcasts, because um, I used to have no notes on podcasts, but I, I'm not going to sit there and interrupt the joy of a podcast by taking notes while I'm listening, because most of the time it's I'm driving or I'm cooking or I'm cleaning. Um, and uh, so what I do is I use this um, transcription app called Otter. And um, it's phenomenal um, transcription. And so after the podcast is over, um, I open up the Otter app and I talk to the app about what I liked about the podcast. I'm like this podcast was about X, Y, and Z. And what really stood out to me was blah, 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 blah. And I want to learn more about blah, 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 blah. And I just talk to the app. Yeah. And then um, the transcription, I could send it straight to Evernote. So from the app, um, I can, uh, you can save it with the audio, but I just abandon the audio and send the text straight to Evernote so that in the future, if I like, if I ever need that information, I could find it in Evernote. And I could, if I'm doing like a keyword search on, um, something in Evernote, one of my podcast notes might come up and be like, Oh, I heard a podcast on this. I forgot yeah. about this. And then, and then I could actually go back to the podcast and get more info if I wanted it. Um, but for stuff like that, where it's like, I don't know what it is going to be useful for. It's very passive and casual versus when it's something that's going to be really, um, necessary to produce something I'm trying to produce, then it's a lot more detailed. And we teach this technique in our building a second brain course called progressive summarization, which is a way of distilling like a lot of notes into the key points and the snapshot so that your future self can easily find it and understand what the content was about. But that process is only worth doing if it's like a valuable source that you're actively going to use. Um, if you're not actively using it, you shouldn't spend time taking a lot of detailed notes. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably something I do unnecessarily just in case. <laughs> but yeah. I suppose if you document the source and summarize it in two lines, you can come back to it, right? It's not going anywhere. Okay. Wow, this has been extremely valuable. Thank you. <laughs> Before I sign off, do you have anything that we potentially have missed or you want to say or you want to add? Uh, I think we covered a lot. I just, um, <laughs> uh, I think it's, I'm always curious like how I come off to people and productivity because I, I, I really am all about like balance. Like how do we balance what we want to do in life and the joy of life with what we um, what we're trying to get done, and a lot of the times that's balancing what we should do and what we shouldn't do. And so, um, whenever I'm working with anyone on being more productive, I'm always questioning their assumptions around what they want and what they're doing because there's so many big gaps between that. And so um, that's what I would just want to leave everyone with is like look at your to do list and actually really question. Uh, what is a want versus what is a need to versus what is a um, it will bring me so much joy and pleasure and I want to do it, but I have no time. Like, how do you actually structure productivity so that you have more time and spaciousness for those things that make you really happy and remove the stuff that feels like heavy and tiresome? That's just not necessary, like not critical to you staying alive and having a paycheck, like, you know, like really questioning those things for yourself. 
Um, and, and that's how I see productivity is, is finding that balance. That is awesome. I, I got, I'm going to go back and take notes. Um, <laughs> just, I'm not just saying that this is going to be fun. No, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. I think I've learned a lot and got a lot of questions for myself to answer. Um, so finally, where can people find you if they want to go and follow you? Uh, laurenvaldez.com is my website. Um, I am on Twitter at like at the Lauren Valdez and, um, on, uh, uh, what, oh, and my, my, my newsletter is laurenvaldez.substack.com where I, I write about productivity stuff. Um, and then our online courses, this building a second brain course, um, that you could go to buildingasecondbrain.com to learn about that or fortelabs.co is our online education company where we have lots of different courses on different uh, productivity topics. So, you know, getting things done, habits, uh, all that kind of stuff. We have lots of classes. Amazing. Guys, I will link everything up in the description. Uh, so wherever you're watching Replay Live uh, podcast, you will have everything. Uh, but Lauren, thank you so much for this. This has been incredible. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Hey guys, me again. Just want to say thanks so much for listening to this episode of Creators Campfire. You can stay up to date with any podcast related news by following at Just Barves on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook. Otherwise, I'll be back next week, same time, same place with a different guest. Be well, be kind, stay safe and stay curious. Bye guys.